You're listening to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast, a podcast that inspires conscious leaders to live meaningful lives and to get in touch with the deepest parts of the human experience. My name's Chelsea Zerna, and I'm a women's empowerment coach with the mission of rewilding the feminine back into society. Each week, I have a conscious conversation with best-selling authors, inspiring leaders, and spiritual lightworkers who aren't afraid to step into the unknown and explore the greatest truths of life. Thanks for listening. Hi, guys. How's it going, everybody? I'm David Orland Brown. I'm Chelsea Zerna. And we're going to dive into my story, starting from May of 2010. So, uh, yeah, I, I was just graduating high school, and um, I really thought that I was going to go and be a doctor. And I had spent my entire senior year um, going and shadowing doctors and nurses. And then I got this letter in the mail on July 7th and it said do you want to make $15 an hour it was just a random letter and I was like well I'm gonna pay for college so I'm just gonna call them and see what happens I called them up and go for an interview get the job that day and I ended up taking a job selling Cutco Cutlery you know the kitchen knives so I did that the whole summer and originally I was like oh this is gonna be great I can go and visit doctors and and see what kind of doctor they are and talk to them about what they're doing with their lives uh, and I realized that I loved sales in that process I loved selling I loved business and so um, instead of going to school to be a doctor I ended up starting that semester with going into business and the next summer I was promoted to um, be an assistant manager. So I moved out two hours away from home. I was 19 years old, 18 years old. Where's home? In Buffalo, New York. And I moved out to this random place called Elmira, New York. Okay. And that's uh, where they, it, the Corning Glass Museum is there. Okay. They make glass. Nice. And, uh, yeah, we started off this uh, a, a district office for Cutco, Vector Marketing. We ended up hiring, I don't know, 100 people, 100 college kids. And then the next two summers in a row. Who's we? Me and this girl, Desiree. Okay. Yeah. So you and one other person started a 100-person company. 100, yeah, branch of the business, yes. Wow. So it was, uh, it was amazing. It was fun. And then the next summer, I ended up moving to Ithaca, New York, and opening up my own. And then I moved to Parkersburg, West Virginia, and opened up another one. And, uh, yeah, I loved it. And that was when I first realized what coaching was. I, I discovered the coaching profession, but I didn't know there was a term for it at the time. Um, I knew about Tony Robbins, uh, but I thought it was just for people that were, you know, celebrities that were doing this. And so I was coaching in my own way. I was coaching college kids who didn't believe they could ever sell anything. Probably had fam- a lot of times they had family members that didn't believe in them. Um, sometimes they weren't going to college. My first year I was at Ithaca, so I had kids that were going to Cornell University. My next year I was in Parkersburg, West Virginia. A lot of those kids weren't graduating high school. And so it was a very different demographic. And coaching both of them, 
Um, I mean, there were tons of different people at all of those offices, but I coached them very differently. They were motivated by different things. And that's when I realized, like, I love this profession. I love doing this. So I go to college. I end up going to University of Georgia, graduate college, and my the whole time I'm like, I want to be a consultant. Like, this is what I've been working for. Uh, I want to be in strategy. I want to go into big business. I Honestly, I told my dad, I was like, you know, I want to dress in a business suit, kick my feet up on the desk, and stare out at the city. That was my vision of what I wanted. It's uh, a beautiful vision. At 21 years old. And I, so I got a job at IBM as a consultant. And I started working at IBM. I was doing uh, strategy consulting, moved into design thinking, and I loved it. Um, up until about year two, and I still hadn't met my manager. So I was still, I was working at this company. I was getting no personal development, no growth. And I came from a company where the entire thing was just infused with personal development. Like your manager invests so much time and energy into, into you. And I invest so much time in my people. And it's just this culture of constantly personal development um, and growth. And uh, at IBM, I had not spoken to my manager since day one. And we get an annual review and she'll call you up on the phone and she'll say, oh, how'd you do this year? And it was just not. And then we were paid based on that rating that she gave us. So she never spoke to us. And it was just, it was frustrating. I wasn't growing. And I also wasn't coaching. And finally, in 2014, I finally said it out loud that I wanted to be a coach. Up until that point, I had just thought about it and I was really embarrassed by it. What made you say it out loud? Someone asked me in a car ride. It was Tom Lonbach. We were driving in the car um, and he said, what do you want to do? Like, what, what is it that you're, you want to do next? And his dad was in the running to be CEO of IBM. So he was going into, like, his family members were at IBM, Legacy, and I was like, I don't see myself here. I love what I've learned and I really, really respect like the people are so intelligent. Like it's an amazing, like I was surrounded by great people, but I wanted to coach. And I said it out loud for the first time in that car ride. And I was embarrassed to say it. I was like, is this okay? Am I too young? Does it sound crazy that I want to do this? And it made me be comfortable. It, it got me comfortable saying it more and more. Mm -hmm. And and then I started saying it to my family. I want to coach. And the feedback I got was, what do you know about coaching? You're a 20-something-year-old kid. Like, why why, are you trying, why would you do that? And so it wasn't positive feedback. Right. But then more and more podcasts were coming out. And in 2014 or 15, Kayla It Seems came out with her workouts and she started, a bunch of women started posting their pictures online of their transformations. And then all of a sudden people started becoming health coaches and fitness coaches. I was like, if they can do that, I can become a life coach. Like these people are in their 20s, I can do this. And so 2016 passed, 2017 passed. And by 2017, I remember uh, sitting around in this pool talking to my, uh, my friends. And I was like, I want to be a life coach. 
And they were like, I was like, I want to do this. And they were like, all right, we're going to introduce you to somebody. Um, he can get you in the entrepreneurial world, get your feet wet. And I said, great. So they introduced me to Dave Williams, who introduced me to Matt Thomas. And I had a coffee with Matt. And he was, he was like, you know, I started this thing called Brawl for a Cause. Do you think you'd want to be interested? And he goes, I also started an Instagram company. And I need help with the finances like do you want to help me start it and I was like sure so randomly started this Instagram business on the side and I started getting involved in brawl and that's how I started really getting my feet wet in this whole thing and um, so we decided to at the same time Mercedes-Benz so this was like the biggest year of brawl Mercedes-Benz calls we're in contact with them and they say we want to host brawl for a cause at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and it went from a hotel ballroom to the biggest stadium in America. And it was like, it was an entire spiral and it was exciting. And it was like, I would go to my job at IBM and I would leave IBM and I'd be like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to do brawl. And I, and I was still, it brought back memories of me running my office and training all these people. And I had all these brawlers now that I was able to motivate and inspire and like get everybody ready to brawl and get on stage going from never boxing in their life to getting on stage in front of thousands of people in front of their friends and family getting punched in the face. It was this moment of like, man, I have my, my sales reps back again. And I really liked that. I like pouring into people and developing people. And so after Brawl for a Cause ends, we take a celebration trip to India. When I was in India, I met this group of guys and they were all traveling the world and they had their own businesses and they were a part of this mastermind group. And so I said, I want to join this mastermind group. Like, how can I get involved? So I applied and um, they we did an interview. There's an interview process. I got into the mastermind. And about a month in, they say, a bunch of us are meeting in Estonia. And there's this conference there. And whoever wants to come can come. And my family's from Estonia. I had never met my extended family. And so I was like, yeah, I want to go. Like, I want to check out Estonia. Sign me up. <laughs> like, yeah, like I'm in. So I go to Estonia. I meet all my What'd family members. What did you have to do members, to get there? Buy a plane ticket and buy this conference, which I really didn't know much about the conference. But when I got to Estonia, I realized it was a conference for coaches. And it was all about spirituality and consciousness. And this is something that I have been diving into slowly over the past, my last year at IBM. And so uh, I, I get to Estonia and it's a month-long conference. So it's not like a <laughs> short thing, it's, it's a long thing. So uh, I get there and I meet 300 people that are successfully coaching. And I was like, and I remember the last, the last week we had a dinner. We invited eight people over for a dinner and, and they were sitting around a table and we were going around introducing ourselves. What do you do? What do you do? And finally it gets to me. And uh, I remember sitting there and I was like, yeah, I work for IBM. I, I'm in cybersecurity. I, I work in product management. And I wasn't excited about it. And, and they were going around like, I, I'm an artist. 
Like I'm, I'm a, I run a marketing company, I'm a coach. And these were all things that really excited me. And at the time, like I wasn't happy in my job. So a lot of things would have excited me, but I knew deep down, like I want to do this. What's stopping me from doing it? Like all of these people are in this room right now. They're doing what they love. And what was holding me back was I was really safe and comfortable at IBM. Like they were giving me a great salary. I had full benefits. I was really comfortable and I was scared. I was fearing, how do I start a business, go off into the unknown? Yeah, I did it in college, but it was, it was easy in college. Like the company already existed. I was just making a branch of that company in a different city. And, and so I was kind of like giving myself some confidence to enroll for a cause and and so the day I left Estonia, the World Cup was just ending and I was flying on a buddy pass. So I was in Estonia and uh, the, the World Cup ended, everybody gets on the flights, I don't get a flight. And so I go back to the airport the next day, flights are all booked. And I, in Amsterdam, I, was, I flew to Amsterdam because they have six flights that leave every single day. Mm. It's the most out of any, any place in Europe. And so I'm trying. I get up at 8 a.m. I try the 10 a.m. flight. I try the noon flight. I try the 3 flight. I try the 6 flight. And they're all booked. I go back again the next day. I do the same thing. And I do this for six days in a row. And, like, there's 75 of us in the same position at this point. And finally, wow. I mean, it was crazy. And out of pure luck, they end up chartering a jet that has 75 extra seats and we all get on. And that's the only reason I got back. But during that whole process, I was now a week past when I was supposed to be back. And that wasn't great because I said I was going to be gone for a certain amount of days. And I was, I was gone for way longer than I was supposed to. So I land back in America and my landlord calls and my landlord says, um, Chelsea, your roommates bought a cat. Um, I think I may have told you this story already. Your roommates bought a cat um, and you have 30 days to either find two new roommates because they want to keep the cat. So they're going to move out into a house. They were a couple. Uh, or what? Or you have to move out. Like either find two new roommates or move out. I mean, or I or I could pay, pay the full rent by myself, and that was like way too expensive. Like that right. was not gonna happen. So, what'd you do? So I get back into town, and at the same time, and I had I had left IBM right before um, going on this this journey to Estonia, and I, I I started with a new company. So I was working for this accelerator, building this incubator, and. A what? This incubator for startups. So I was kind of like helping startups get off the ground. And still I knew like, Chelsea, you want to coach? What are you doing? And I'm like, well, maybe I can coach startups. Like this will be like, a, and it was still, this was like dipping my toes in the water. And I was like, maybe I'll just do this. And it still didn't feel aligned. It didn't feel aligned. I did that for about a month. So I kind of skipped that stuff. And did you go through a full interview process with this company? Kind of. Um, it was it was funny the way it worked. I was actually talking to IBM about building their own incubator. And I was like, IBM, like I went all the way up to the VP of marketing and I was like, 
like we, we need this in America. Like the only country that's doing this right now is Israel and we need this in America. And they were like, we're not investing in startups right now. It's a little bit too risky. We want to invest in corporations. And I said, okay. And at the same time... About needing what exactly? Can you talk about it? Yeah, an accelerator. Uh, basically, it's a startup or an idea that you take through six, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks. And you bring that idea, that concept, to the point where it's fully functioning or at least able to be invested in by a company. So what was the concept? Every So as an incubator, you are basically the one that's developing all these concepts. So it could be anything from, at IBM, it would have been um, potentially like a cybersecurity product, or it could have been a wider array of things because IBM's involved in so much. It would have really been for anybody who has an idea that wants to bring this through. Uh, I was pitching it specifically for cybersecurity because I was already in that space, but it could have been used for anything. Okay. It would have been really successful in California. They have a whole other product unit out there, but they were not interested. So and then the next company. So randomly, I was out at an, a networking event. It was a it was a venture capital party. It was a bunch of people working in venture capital, and I meet one of these one of the people, and she goes, "You know, I have a friend who's actually starting an accelerator in Atlanta. You should reach out to him." The next day, I call him up, and he said, yeah, like, I I actually called him up to help me convince IBM to say yes. And he goes, you know, I'm actually starting up an accelerator um, if you're interested. And I said, well, um, I'm about to go to India. So I met him right before I went to India. He goes, I'm about to go to Estonia. And I was like, that's weird, because that's where my family's from. And he said his family was from India. And I was like, that's kind of cool. So after I get back from India, he gets back from Estonia, we meet up, and I decide to leave IBM and join on with this guy. Okay, wow. So he helped bring you yes. out of IBM. He did, yes. He helped bring me out of IBM. And uh, and it was, it was a journey. My heart was still in coaching. So about a month in, or two months in, I go to this conference in Estonia, this whole thing happens, I come back, and he's like, you've been gone an extra week, like, what are you doing? And it's like two months on the job, and I'm like, you know, I really want to do this with my life. Like, to be totally honest, I... I love the idea of an accelerator. I was kind of just pitching it to IBM because I wanted to be in the startup scene and and honestly like coaching, you know, getting my feet wet in coaching and I was a little too scared to be a coach. Um, and so I decided to leave that day and I started my coaching business that day. <laughs> the same day that I quit, I started this coaching business and, um, the people that I was living with in Estonia said, we are opening up a house in Barcelona. There's 15 of us. Some people have companies. Some people are starting their companies while they're there. Do you want to come? And I said, well, I don't have a lease anymore. And so I think I'm right. <laughs> like it, it just, it feels right. right. And it's weird that all of this is happening. And it don't, I don't think it's a coincidence. So 
I go out there, I go to Barcelona and I, I, I really start coaching. So I started a mastermind group. I had about 10 women in this group. I go to Barcelona, I'm building up my coaching business. I'm coaching a bunch of people. And then I decided to plan a woman's retreat. And I said, I'm gonna do it in Bali. I wanna, I wanna host this woman's retreat in Bali. It's a really spiritual community. Um, I'll do it in November. And it was September. <laughs> so I'm planning this retreat. I launch it out there. And so I stay in uh, Barcelona that whole month. I fly out to Bali for the retreat and host this retreat. And I end up canceling my flight back and just staying in Bali for the next four months. Wow. <laughs> and How many people went? We had um, 10 people at the retreat. I was intending it to be a woman's retreat and that ended up being a men's and women's retreat by the end. How bad? Um, so some of the people from the, the Estonia um, conference wanted to attend the retreat and then, you know, it just kind of flowed into uh, a mixed gender retreat and that ended up being really, really, really good. Mm -hmm. And I'm really happy. Everyone had different energy. They contributed to this mix. Um, and it worked out really well. And so... When was one of the first times that you realized, okay, not only am I passionate about this, but I can make money doing this. I can survive off of this. Being a coach. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I would say during my Brawl for a Cause uh, stint, that's really when I was like, I know I can build a successful business no matter what I do. I know I want to be a coach. If I can combine my knack for building businesses with my desire to coach, I know I can do this. Like I can be successful. And it was this like constant, like you can do it, you can do it, you can do it the whole time mm -hmm. until I finally did it. I cut the ships and then I was like, okay, now I have to do this. Wow. <laughs> so I built my web website in like 48 hours and I like, I worked nonstop. There's 168 hours in a week. I think I worked at least 160 of them that week. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I was like. So I was excited. I was scared shitless. I was like, what am I doing? I literally just left a job that was paying me a great amount of money. And I'm scared. But also, I feel called to do this. Like, my soul is telling me I need to do this. Mm. Like, I almost didn't feel like I was choosing it. I didn't choose the flights. I didn't choose the, the apartment and the cats. Like, I... I if something was leading me down this path that I could not say no to, it was like uh, my soul wanted it, and finally it was like, here it is. So I get to Bali, and even on my way to the retreat, I share a cab with this girl who she goes, I'm a shadow worker. And I said, What's a shadow worker? She goes, I'm a coach, and I, I, I basically go down to the deepest parts of people and pull all the stuff that they've repressed out since they were children and do inner child healing. And I looked at her, and I go, I don't think I have a shadow side. And she goes, everybody has a shadow side. Mm -hmm. And I got out of the car, and I look around, and I'm like, Bali is pretty amazing. And it hits me that... I do have a shadow side and I felt this rush of energy like 
I I have a feeling that I'm going to be the Eileen in the My Shadow side on this trip. And so, um, and my retreat happens. It's amazing. And after the retreat, uh, one of the guys from Barcelona uh, flies to Bali. And we kind of were, the last week in Barcelona, we were kind of like seeing each other. And he flies out to Bali and we decide to take a trip the week, the week after. And we start getting closer. We start talking and, um, I was doing some coaching with him. He discovered his life purpose on that trip. <laughs> it was like a three day trip and he like put his entire life into co-living and he's like now speaking at conferences. He's like, he's doing an entire trip around a tour around Europe, like going into all these co-living spaces. Like it was amazing. During that trip, I uh, realized that I had feelings for him. And I was like, I think I'm ready to be in a relationship. And it was, it was the hardest thing and the best thing that ever happened to me because he was very similar to my mom. And he was... He's an emotional person. He gets very into his emotions, and um, he's a super hyper creative person that falls into depression really easily. And my mom had struggled with depression my entire life growing up. Um, like there were periods of time where she would sleep twelve hours of the waking day, and then oh, yeah. and then just throughout the night, and she just wouldn't get out of bed and it's real for a lot of families yeah yeah it was real for sure and I didn't understand it I I was fortunate enough I hadn't experienced depression but I saw her I I I was I mean I was walking through it with her but from I wasn't in it and so when I started dating him it was part of me was diving into the parts of myself that I repressed because I didn't realize that I had repressed this anger towards it. Like I was like, I was sad and also angry that I could never do anything. And like my entire life, she was my motivation for everything I did. The only reason I worked out, the only reason I ate healthy, the only reason I did all this stuff and was so motivated was like, maybe if I do it, she will see it too. Like maybe like, if I just work out harder or do more, like she'll, she'll be inspired and she'll want to do it and she'll get out of bed and, and, and telling her wasn't going to help her. And it was like, she had to experience it. And, and, and I didn't realize at the time how much she was carrying. She grew up with an alcoholic father and she had a lot of, he was, you know, abusive to her mother and my grandmother and, it wasn't a great situation and she had repressed a lot of that and when I was young I didn't I didn't know any of that I didn't understand that I didn't realize that after all these years that could still be something that could be weighing her down and so I was like mom all you gotta do is work out like you gotta move your body and I was on with something when I said it right like I was you do have to move that energy and circulate it and breathe in new air but I didn't know why and that wasn't the root of it and 
And all these years she was medicating and going through it. She was taking all these depression medications and it wasn't making it better. It was numbing her. And I partly wanted to be, I started off saying, maybe I want to be a fitness coach. I want to help my mom. And I was like, it's not fitness though. So it doesn't feel right. It's not about fitness. Like she's, she's struggling and I didn't understand it. And, and dating this guy in Bali was, it was really healing for me to understand. And I, I grew, instead of judging him, which I, I, I felt like I, there was this judgment towards my mom. Of, Why don't you just do it? It was this lack of understanding. And dating him helped me understand it because I respected him so much. Like I loved, I loved him. And it was this, this journey of walking through it with him and, and understanding like, wow, this is what, this is what my mom was going through. Like, this is what she was feeling. And, and, and this is what he was struggling with throughout this entire thing. And, and he was, you know, going through this journey of, uh, he's French and everyone in French, France smokes cigarettes and he was addicted to cigarettes. And that was another trigger for me of like, of just him wanting to not be addicted to cigarettes. And then me like feeling triggered by that and, and not understanding that. Like I wasn't showing in the beginning, I wasn't showing him love and being there for him. It's like, Hey, I'm here. Like, like I accept you no matter what it was. Why can't you do this? Like, why are you not able? Just don't do it. Like it's easy. Like you just, just give, give it up. And, and it was as a coach, right? This was me as a coach doing this. Like I wasn't seeing him for where he was at. I was seeing him for where I wanted him to be. And that wasn't up for me to determine. And so this whole journey was really, really essential for me to pull out everything that I was repressing understand why I wanted to be a woman's empowerment coach. It never connected the dots, like where it stemmed from. <laughs> yeah. Apple doesn't fall too far. <laughs> yeah. And understand like, wow, I really want to empower women. This is why. Like, um, and I was sitting across the table from a psychic and she goes, you know, you're put on this earth to stop the feminine repression, and all of the maternal sides of your generations of your family. Like all of your ancestors have been repressed in some way, have been controlled, have been have been in, in these states of not following their intuition, not listening to themselves. And you are here to break that. And you have to do it because it ends with you. She was like, you are, you have to dive into your intuition. I was like, that's all I've been doing. And now I understand it. And it's making sense. And it wasn't easy. I mean, it was... It was hard. It took me, Why? I mean, there were so many days that I was just, I was, I was miserable. I was crying. I was like, it was, it was me. It was a mix of me loving this man who resembled my mom at the same time of understanding and, and feeling everything that she had gone through and, and healing that relationship with her. But that was a hard process to get to the point where I was like, I understand. Like, I get it. I see you. I accept you. I love you. I don't want to change you. And, and this is how you change. Like, this is not even how you change. This is how people heal. 
from being accepted as they are and being understood and and going into that and 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 also my own attachment to expectations and being hard on myself and my own relationship with where all of that came from and stemmed from and why I was working so hard and like what my motivations were and I mean this was a journey like I went there with the intention of okay I'm going to be in the spiritual field surrounded by coaches I'm going to be learning and instead it was like it's not about the external like to be a really good coach it takes going deep inside pulling out that shit understanding yourself and like really getting into that and that's hard and that's not something you learn in a textbook that's not something that you you go to school for that's something that you experience and you embody and you do understand energy and how things work the law of attraction and all of that but that's just nature right every reaction has an equal and opposite reaction like everything is all related right? right and and yeah it was tough and it was it was quite a journey but then um, I was going to stay there even longer, but then Matt called again and he was like, hey, brawl for a cause. We're starting. It's, it's happening. It's starting Super Bowl weekend. Gary Vaynerchuk's coming into town and we're hosting a Super Bowl party. After that, brawl starts. Do you want to be a part of it? And I said, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm really diving into this journey. Still a little bit like not fully integrated. And I was like, you know, I think I need to do this. Number one, I want to life coach all of the brawlers. Like I want to, I would love to be a life coach. And, and I would also, my last week, I didn't make the decision until five days before I left. Uh, like five days before the event was start, like starting. And like we were getting into full gear. And uh, I had this vision of, being rooted and I, I just felt like a tree and I just had this calling that I wanted to be grounded somewhere and build roots somewhere again. And I was like, you know, I've been on this journey for six months now. Like I've been diving into this. I've been really going deep into this. I have, I've gone through a, a journey of my own healing, my own shutting back the layers, the own pulling off my own expectations, like, like diving into all of this. And I really want to plant somewhere and build roots and actually build community around this and bring a lot of this culture that I've been experiencing in Bali back to Atlanta. Like the culture is so beautiful. People, they see each other. Like when people hug, they hug for a minimum of three seconds, like a full deep breath. You just meet a person for the first time and it's just this like heart to heart connection. And you talk about like, like the universe and why we're here and why you're here as an individual and you go deep, like in a coffee shop, like while you're paying for your coffee at the cash register, this is the culture everywhere. And, and there's so many people in Atlanta, they go to the bars, they're unhappy, and they're like, I want to make friends, I want to go meet people. And they go do the same stuff, and they're like, why am I not making friends, or why am I not happy, or why am I, why am I doing this, and this isn't fulfilling me. And they're searching for something, they're looking for something, they're living this life of expectation, right, which is what I was doing. Like, looking at, like, society, looking at family and uh, like there's a lot of family expectations expectations around how much money you need to make how much like retirement you have to have saved like whatever your career path is going to look like the next five to ten years and i think 
it's easy to get caught up in the doing and forget to be meaning like you forget you forget to come back to, to the roots of who you are and what you stand for and what you value and why you're doing it and you start just doing it and you're like oh it's for the external it's for this much money it's to be successful in this person's eyes it's to have this many viewers on my podcast whatever it is instead of coming back to the internal and being like this is my mission this is why i'm here and i think in bali they really understand that the culture is very much an internal culture uh, and it's the opposite of america i would say in bali they have less of that entrepreneurial spirit they're not really creating a lot of innovation like technological advancements but they're they know who they are they are deeply deeply centered and they're very grateful a lot of those people don't have a lot at all and they're just happy and in america it's the opposite people are accomplishing things or they're, they're inventing things or doing things but they have no sense of self-worth they don't know who they are they are like or they don't have self-love whatever it is like there's oh, yeah. so many things that are going on so like so, so much like yeah and and it's like how do we find this balance that's why i've been diving into the feminine and the masculine that's the ultimate duality that's the yin and the yang those are the two forces that work against each other and when you can combine them you can create magic from a sense of knowingness of who you are and what you stand for and that's when beauty happens because then it's not coming from a place of i want this out there it's saying this is what i feel called to do i'm going to trust it and over time it's going to happen yeah. Little Aubrey Marcus right there. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I appreciate that. Aubrey Marcus is amazing. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Yeah, so that brought me back to Atlanta. And now I'm here. I started an ecstatic dance. I've been coaching a bunch of people. And honestly, I'm not making what I was making at IBM. But I'm way happier and I feel way more on purpose than ever. You know, I mean, I just started it like less than a year ago, maybe six months ago. And officially like in Atlanta two months ago. But I'm okay with that. Like I'm, I'm really loving the journey. I, it's an yeah. ever-growing process. Like I'm never done growing. I'm never done developing. Lovely. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's been fun. It's been exciting and um I think Atlanta is ready to embrace that culture. Like, I think that's totally a possibility in the next year. What do you for, mean by that? For people to come to a sense of, because there's more than, there's more people than ever going to yoga, right? And yoga is kind of like the foundation of consciousness. It's kind of like the, the original, that's where it kind of stemmed from. And yoga is kind of a gateway into meditation. And meditation is kind of a gateway into self-inquiry and true self and questioning and kind of having that spirit of, well, what am I here for? What am I trying to do? And kind of going inwards and kind of losing attachments and not needing that new car, not needing like the new house or whatever it is and kind of being okay with trusting yourself, trusting the intuition, trusting the journey that maybe isn't going to lead you to a million dollars that's going to lead you to your truth and your path. And I see the culture kind of shifting a little bit slowly. And I see more people desiring like real authentic connection, not like the superficial thing where you go and you hang out with like 
you know, random friends just on Friday and Saturday night. It's like people that you're like really in touch with. And I see that happening more. I see it. I think it's slow. I think it's slowly happening, but I think it is happening. And yeah, stuff like ecstatic dance. That's why I created it. It's like a place for people to really go deep and go deep with each other and share the experience and spread the word. And it's like, it's a first step, but at least it's something. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's a big first step. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's vulnerable. Gotta get in that vulnerable place and love the journey. That's really all we can do is focus on that. Totally. Yeah. And that's hard as you experience too. It's hard being vulnerable. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are some of the next steps? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> um, definitely going to keep building this ecstatic dance. I'm going to keep trusting it. It's funny that you asked that. My New Year's resolution this year, before this year, it was every year I'd make 10 New Year's resolutions and I would accomplish them all by the end of the year. Wow. I, I consistently did that every year uh, since Amazing. college. Uh, but this year, my New Year's resolution was to not plan and to completely follow my intuition and to trust. So it, what's your next step is almost like, you know, I'm just going to trust the next couple of days and then the next month and the next few months. And right now, I know that the ecstatic dance is something I want to continue doing. I want to continue coaching. I'm launching this coaching program. So that's coming out May 21st. Yeah, huge. Yes. Congrats. Thank you. I'm excited. And I'm just going to take it a day at a time. Keep going, keep keep coaching people, keep impacting people. And if it evolves into something more beautiful, that's great. But I'm like I'm enjoying where I'm at right now for sure. Good. Yeah. Good for you, Chelsea. <laughs> Thank you. Definitely making other people, <laughs> me included, enjoy being in the process. I appreciate that. My pleasure. Awesome. Glad you did this. Yeah. Thanks for watching, guys. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> Anything awesome. else? I think I'll leave with one more thing. I, I think it's really important for people to... Um, I think it's really easy to live your life wanting to know the answer, living in the known, being really comfortable, wanting to plan out everything. And I lived in that space for... A really long time and I would really encourage getting more comfortable with the unknown and trusting intuition and if you don't know what that means reach out to me google it whatever you need to do but whatever that inner voice is that gut feeling maybe you feel it in your gut maybe you feel it in your heart that pull towards something and it doesn't come from thought it doesn't come from thinking it doesn't come from the mind it only comes from emotion it comes from feeling it comes from the internal like literally feeling it in your body like a pull or like a jab, like that's where that's where you want to follow. That's what you want to. Maybe there's just this like string attached to your your gut, and you're just like slowly following it. You don't know where it's gonna lead, and just trust it. Because I swear that's where the answer is. It's not the answer. There's not any answer, but that's where that's where life and energy wants to lead you, right? It's not this thought that you came up with based on other people's lives that you saw were successful and you wanted to have that yourself. Yeah. I love it.